Hey, it's Mike, and this podcast is brought to you by my books. Seriously, though, it actually is. I make my living as a writer, so as long as I keep selling books, I can keep writing articles over at Muscle for Life and Legion and recording podcasts and videos like this and all that fun stuff. Now, I have several books, but the place to start is Bigger, Leaner, Stronger if you're a guy and Thinner, Leaner, Stronger if you're a girl. Now, these books, they basically teach you everything you need to know about dieting, training, and supplementation to build muscle lose fat, and look and feel great without having to give up all the foods you love or grind away in the gym every day doing workouts that you hate. Now, you can find my books everywhere. You can buy books online like Amazon, Audible, iBooks, Google Play, Barnes Noble, Kobo, and so forth. And if you're into audiobooks like me, you can actually get one of my books for free, one of my audiobooks for free with a 30-day free trial of Audible. To do that, go to muscleforlife.com forward slash audiobooks. That's www.musclefor.com life.com forward slash audiobooks and you can see how to do this now also if you like my work in general then i really think you're going to like what i'm doing with my supplement company legion now as you probably know i'm not a fan of the supplement industry i mean i've wasted who knows how many thousands of dollars over the years on worthless supplements that really do nothing and I've always had trouble finding products that I actually thought were worth buying and recommending. And well, basically, I had been complaining about this for years, and I decided to finally do something about it and start making my own products. And not just any products, but really the exact products that I myself have always wanted. So a few of the things that make my supplements unique are, one, they're 100% naturally sweetened and flavored. Two, all ingredients are backed by peer-reviewed scientific research that you can verify for yourself because on our website, we explain why we've chosen each ingredient. And we also cite all supporting studies so you can go dive in and check it out for yourself. Three, all ingredients are also included at clinically effective dosages, which are the exact dosages used in the studies proving their effectiveness. This is important, of course, because while something like creatine is proven to help improve strength and help you build muscle faster, if you don't take enough, then you're not going to see the benefits that are seen in scientific research. And four, there are no proprietary blends, which means that you know exactly what you're buying. All our formulations are 100% transparent, both with the ingredients and the dosages. So you can learn more about my supplements at www.legionathletics, that's L-E-G-I-O-N, athletics.com. And if you like what you see and you want to buy something, use the coupon code PODCAST, P-O-D-C-A-S-T, and you'll save 10% on your order. All right, thanks again for taking the time to listen to my podcast, and let's get to the show. Hey guys, this is Mike Matthews uh, with MuscleForLife.com, and this is my second video podcast. Um, in this podcast, I want to talk about a few things. I want to talk about some water and sodium manipulation. Um, I just recently had a photo shoot and uh, did something a little bit different this time, but was, was pretty happy with the results. It was, it, was, it was easier too than what I would normally do. Um, I want to talk about how to spot fake naturals, people that claim that they're not on drugs but are, um, just because there's a lot of, there are a lot of steroid accusations that get tossed around. I, I mean, I get it. Um, you know, the, I think of guys like Matt Ogus, um, he gets it. And uh, there are very easy ways to spot if someone's on drugs or not, though. And uh, I'll talk a little bit about that. Uh, I want to talk about some training tips for weak points. Um, 
and not only how to do it, but when you should start uh, focusing on weak points in your physique and, and how to do it correctly. Uh, and talk about how to deal with cravings when you're when you're cutting. Um, and, and then I also want to talk a little bit about uh, my upcoming line of supplements. Uh, the, the brand name is Legion. And um, yeah, I was going to talk about that briefly. So uh, let's get started. Let's uh, start here with water and sodium manipulation. You've probably heard before, um, especially you know with competitors and stuff, people that, that compete in shows, uh, that usually the week leading up to the show, you can do some various things with either, with reducing or increasing your sodium, water, uh, and carbohydrate intake. And the the reason to do that um, is to get that really dry, kind of hard look on the day of the competition. Now, the normal kind of protocol, well, actually, I can't even say the normal. There are several types of protocols. Um, certain people seem to do better with certain protocols than others. Um, but one that, uh, you know, I had a photo shoot just recently. We wrapped it up, uh, I guess it was like a week ago now. Um, pretty happy with, with, the, with the results. Um, I, I was lean, um, you know, dry, probably around 6 6.5% uh, vascularity, ab vascularity, whatever. And normally for that, um, I, I would do a protocol where you're gradually uh, reducing your carbohydrate intake, increasing your sodium uh, and water intake. Um, and it, there's like a day-by-day -day kind of progression. And then it leads up to, it kind of, it gradually goes, your sodium goes up and then it, then it cuts to nothing and your water goes up and then it cuts to nothing and then your carbohydrates go down to nothing. Um, and, you know, I've done it in the past and had mixed results. I've tried other protocols as well. I've had it work well, and then I've had it just not work well. And it's also pretty grueling. Uh, working out, I hate working out on no carbs. It just sucks. You have, your muscle endurance is crap. Um, you have no energy. You know, anyone who's done a low-carbohydrate diet knows what I'm talking about. It just is bad. Uh, so I decided to do something a little bit different this time. Um, I was reading up on, I wanted to, to dig a little bit more into the, the science of uh, fluid, how the body balances fluids um, in the cells and outside of the cells so I could better understand uh, not only what is happening physiologically, but what's the best way to go about it because it seemed very hit or miss what I was doing in the past. And um, what I kind of came to the conclusion of in, in reading, you know, I was looking into some of the science of it and also just reading some other bodybuilders uh, with, you know, their experiences, which were similar to mine, where sometimes it was good, sometimes it wasn't good, um, is that, you know, the body, uh, it, it, it tightly regulates the uh, fluid that it holds in the cells, which is what you would want. You want fluid sucked into the cells, which gives you that expanded look. And, it, and then it also tightly regulates the, the fluid that is outside of the cells, which is what you don't want. If you have, if you mess up uh, sodium and water manipulation, you end up with a bunch of water outside of the cells, which sits above your skin uh, and just gives you that round, kind of soft, puffy look. And you can even be fairly lean, but you know, you'll look like 1% fatter just because you messed up on your sodium. Uh, and water and carbohydrate manipulation. So basically what it boils down to is the body, I mean, it regulates this very precisely, even on a minute-to-minute -minute basis, it's regulating its, uh, the cellular flu fluid levels. And um, when, you, when, you, when you start playing with sodium uh, and you start playing with carbohydrates and water, um, basically what it comes down to is you're risking doing it wrong. You're risking messing it up, which is going to leave you kind of just fat and bloated looking, even though you're lean. 
Um, and of course, I'm speaking relatively. It's relatively fat or bloated looking. But when you, when you get lean, you notice these things from a day to day basis. You can wake up when you're around seven percent, six percent. You can wake up from a day to day, and you can look in the mirror and be like, "What happened?" Because uh, you can just be holding a lot of water from the day previously. Or on the flip side, you can wake up and just be looking extra lean, just because a little bit of water flushed out, and you're just like, "Wow, I, I, uh, you know, I, I don't think I lost a pound of fat overnight." So what, what's going on here? Um, so basically, the best advice uh, that I was able to kind of dig up, and I tried it myself, and I was happy with it, is to not mess with your sodium or water, but to just keep them balanced. Uh, that's the key. Your, your sodium and potassium levels, if they become imbalanced either with the sodium going very high or even the potassium going very high, that can cause water retention. Um, so you want to just keep these things balanced. Uh, in terms of how much daily sodium, I mean, generally speaking, I just kind of stick to the Institute of Medicine's recommendation, which is anywhere between about one and a half and two grams of sodium a day. Um, and I just measure some salt. Like, I just know that, okay, I'm going to get about a teaspoon or maybe like a half a teaspoon, three quarters of a teaspoon of salt a day, and that's my sodium because I prepare my own food. Uh, so I, I don't, you know, I can control, I, I know what's going in there. If I don't add salt, it's just basically a very low sodium meal. Um, and then potassium, you want it to be double your sodium. So um, me personally, like I said, I do probably about one and a half grams of sodium a day and about three grams of potassium a day, which I actually just supplement because I guess I probably get a little bit more potassium because I do eat some bananas uh, every day and probably get some potassium in the vegetables I eat. But I, uh, I also supplement with about three grams. Yeah, I supplement about three grams of potassium a day and probably get another gram, gram and a half in my food. And so that's my standard sodium. That's what I did leading up to the shoot. I started playing with sodium, increasing sodium, increasing, decreasing water, decreasing carbs. Wasn't happy with how I looked. Training sucked. And then I was like, all right, I'm doing something different this time. So this is what I did. I brought my uh, sodium and potassium back to regular levels. I brought my water intake back to regular levels, which is um, also the advice that I, that I found that, that most made sense to me based on my experience is uh, don't try to do any crazy things with your water. Just keep your water intake where it always is. For me, that's about two gallons a day. Um, I, I sweat a fair amount. You know, I, I lift in the morning. I do cardio a few days a week. Uh, I live in Florida, very humid. So, uh, you know, I'm sweating uh, a fair amount of water out with my exercise. And then if I'm outside, it just kind of pulls, pulls you know, water out of you because it's so hot here. Um, so, yeah, about two, two gallons of water a day. And on my carbohydrates, um, I just kept them normal. Like at the end of my cut, which is, uh, you know, I, I cut up to the point of the photo shoot, I was at about 180 grams of carbs a day. So I just brought it back to 180 grams and, uh, of course, felt better um, doing that than what I was doing before and, um, and didn't and, and looked totally, I mean, I think I, I looked good. I was happy with how, with how I looked. Um, and... You know, that's, uh, I think of I think of Matt Ogus. He was taught, if you're not familiar with him, he's a natural bodybuilder, great physique, seems like a cool guy. Um, he was talking about this recently and was saying the exact same thing, that he doesn't, he doesn't mess with uh, water, sodium, carbohydrates. He just gets really lean. And that is kind of the bottom line, is there's a point where if you're lean enough, that's it. You're going to look good. Just don't, don't uh, do anything crazy that's going to cause you to hold a bunch of water, and you're going to look good. And... Uh, so, so yeah, I just wanted to talk about that quickly because I do get asked about that fairly often. 
um, with people that uh, not not necessarily for, for competitions, but if they just want to look extra good on a certain day. I don't know. You're gonna go to the beach and you're meeting some girl for the first time or something, whatever, <laughs> or or girls, you know, meeting some guy or something, whatever. Um, and really, the thing is on on that. I now that I've tried it in different ways, I would just recommend um, getting lean and um, just just keeping your water intake and your salt potassium intake at the correct levels and not playing with anything, uh, not not swinging anything to one extreme of a high or a low. And same thing with carbs. Uh, you know, if you're familiar with my work, you know I'm just not a fan of low carbohydrate dieting. Period for anything, unless you really want to just flush some water out for, I don't know, to try to look a little bit leaner on a certain day. Yes, you could cut your carbohydrates in half for a few days and you will flush some water out. But uh, otherwise, in terms of long-term getting lean and getting strong, getting big, uh, just low carbohydrate has no place in in that. Um, And if you're worried that, you know, you're going to get fat if you eat carbs and stuff like that, um, I'm going to link an article that I wrote on this which basically just 100% debunks the current, you know, crusade against carbohydrate as, as this evil macronutrient. Um, I'll link it down in the description so you can check that out. Um, the bottom line is, if you're exercising regularly, and especially if you're weightlifting, carbohydrates are your friend. Um, yeah, you know, there's no reason to eat a bunch of junk carbs, but uh, carbohydrates are not going to make you fat. And in fact, they're going to fuel your workouts. They're going to help you uh, feel... Strong. They're going to help you with your energy levels. They're going to help you just feel satiated, um, and they're they just make you feel good. I mean, there's a, there is a sense of overall well being that comes with eating some carbohydrates. And I don't mean going and you know pounding desserts or something like that. I mean even if it's healthy stuff, if it's you know even vegetables. Vegetables have carbohydrates, some more than others. Um, but uh, you know regardless of what it is, if it's uh, you know sweet potato or if it's rice or um, I mean, some other, even certain breads that I like, like Ezekiel bread, really like Ezekiel bread. Don't eat that much of it, but if I'm going to have bread, it's usually that. Um, And I like fruit, pretty much all types of fruit. Uh, I eat a lot of fruit. Um, And once again, there's another thing. If you're afraid that fruit is going to, uh, that it's bad for your health or it's going to cause you any sort sort of issues, um, I'm going to link another article that I wrote on that, which, because it's total bullshit. um, And, you know, it's, it's it's a it's kind of a strange the, the guy really pushing it I think is Kurt something Lustig I think his name is and in, he is saying that fruit fructose in fruit makes you fat it ruins your liver and blah 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 anyways I talk about it in the article so um, that's the sodium and water manipulation uh, story and in the future I'm I'm just going to do what I did which is uh, no, no crazy swings one way or another just keeping things steady. Um, and getting lean and letting that just kind of take care of itself. Uh, so let's move on to the next little thing I want to talk about in this uh, podcast, and that is how to spot a fake natural. Um, steroid use is pretty prevalent these days. It's actually kind of shocking. I, I'm even surprised sometimes to hear some some people that uh, you know I meet in the gym and stuff that uh, you wouldn't looking at them you wouldn't think they're on drugs and they don't don't really know what they're doing they don't know how to train correctly they don't know how to eat correctly but they're going to be on, but they're on steroids which is really stupid uh, you know a lot of guys some guys don't understand that steroids don't automatically just make you huge and big you know huge and shredded and, and aesthetic that's, that's just not how it works 
if you know what you're doing and you're on drugs, yes, you can make much faster gains than you can naturally, but there are a lot of risks that come with it. If you mess things up, you can, I mean, you can cause permanent damage to your body if you cycle, if you do a cycle incorrectly. Um, and of course it's very expensive and you're injecting yourself every week or every other day or whatever. So there are a lot of downsides. Um, I'm, I don't judge or have a problem with people doing drugs. I've never done any, um, and I, I wouldn't, I don't see any reason to, um, but you know, to each their own, whatever people want to do with their bodies, I understand. Um, you know, some people are just smarter about it than others, I guess. But in terms of spotting a fake natural, the, the, the easiest way to, to know if someone's on drugs is to simply look at their shoulders, their traps, and their upper chest. Um, on druggers, they're massive. That's the, those big, massive, like, basketball shoulders that just come way out. That's auto drugs. Same thing uh, with, with traps. The massive traps that you see guys have, massive upper chests, uh, is, is the drug look 100% of the time. Um, now, of course, some guys can have particularly good genetics when it comes to their shoulder development or whatever, but uh, you know, if... I won't necessarily, I'm not going to put some, I'm not going to put pictures down. I don't want to call anybody out in, in specific, but, um, you know, the, you, you could find plenty of pictures where it just looks super human. It looks almost like, uh, their shoulders are like my head, you know what I mean? And, um, the reason why that is, is because those areas of the body have a lot of receptors for the anabolic hormones. So those hormones, uh, bind in a, in a, in a high quantity, I guess you could say. Uh, in those areas, so they grow very quickly, and you know they look very big. Um, so that's that's an easy way to spot a fake natural. Also, there's the level of muscular development that you just can't reach naturally. Um, in terms of getting every little cut, seeing every little fiber everywhere, um, it's that is is usually a sign of of drugs. Um, and of course, I mean, there, there's, you can get the, the acne stuff and that's obvious, but without, you know, a lot of guys don't necessarily get the acne. So it's really, you're looking at uh, for, uh, huge shoulders, huge traps, uh, huge upper chest, and, and just that crazy kind of where you can see every little muscle, every, every little fiber is really well developed is, is pretty much, you know, telltale signs of, of someone that's on steroids. Um, and the other reason why I'm even talking about it is I just get asked about it. Um, like I said, I'm, I don't really care if people are on drugs, they can do what they want. Um, but I, I do think it's kind of lame when, when people claim natural and are giving advice to, to other weightlifters as a natural bodybuilder or as a natural weightlifter even or fitness model or whatever because um, and that's also one of the things to look for is you'll, you'll also usually you can spot a drugger by their training. The, the common training style when you're on drugs is very high volume workouts. You're in the gym for a couple of hours. Um, usually you're working in that quote unquote hypertrophy rep range which uh, I have things to say about. Um, I'll link another article here that I wrote for, for people that think they're hard gainers and what it takes to really uh, build muscle efficiently um, in terms of rep range, what kind of exercises and stuff. I'll link that down in the description below. Um, but anyways, the, the drugger style of training is very high volume workouts, uh, usually in the 10 to 12 rep range. Uh, some guys will work in some heavy stuff, um, but uh, you, you'll be in there for, you'll be doing you know, 20, 25 sets in a, in a workout. And um, usually a fair amount of isolation work as well. 
it's just a common, you'll just see it a lot. So when you see these guys that are big, they have big shoulders, big traps, big chest, shredded, everything is super developed. And then you look at their workout routine and it's this kind of workout routine where they're doing 20, 25 sets. Uh, you know, they'd be in there for a couple hours, high rep and probably a lot of supersets and stuff. It's just drugs every time. Um, so it's unfortunate because then guys that, that aren't on drugs and especially guys and, and, you know, even girls, there are a lot of, the, you know, girls, the fitness model girls and girls that compete and stuff are on drugs as well. And uh, so, so natural guys and, and girls will, will, you know, read the interview, look at the workout and be like, oh, I guess I, that's what I should do. And then they go do it and they just end up overtraining and uh, feeling terrible um, and, and just wondering, you know, and then they, they can chalk it up to like, oh, well, you know, I just don't have the genetics or something like that. No, you just don't have the drugs. That's, that's the problem. Um, so, uh, yeah, I mean, if you want to know a little bit more about how I think you should train uh, as a natural, then check out the article on hard gainers. Um, but that's, that's all I really have to say on spotting fake naturals. Um, so let's move on to the next thing here, which is uh, training tips for targeting weak points. So I get emailed uh, fairly often from guys and message from, from guys and girls that um, they have, for guys, it's usually chest and biceps probably are the most commonly complained about body parts. How do I make my chest bigger and how do I make my arms bigger, specifically my biceps usually. Um, and, and girls are usually more concerned with toning. Uh, well, I say toning because that's really the word they use. But, you know, they want they want um, leaner legs, more more defined legs and uh, better butts usually is what, what girls are most concerned with. Um, so in terms of, of targeting weak points, um, the first thing that I always tell people is don't worry about this so much if you're new to lifting. You don't really want to be, because uh, normally to target, like if I say, oh, I need more uh, side delt, which I do, right? So I need to isolate that muscle more and do some more side raises, maybe train them twice a week, something like that. Um, you don't want to get into that until you've really built a solid foundation of muscle and strength. Um, and that requires uh, focusing on, on the big compound lifts, you know, stuff like military press, bench press, squat, deadlift, and, and focusing on heavy weightlifting. For guys, um, you know, from my work, you know that I recommend you work in the four to six rep range, you know, 80, 85% of your one rep max, and you just hit, you're hitting your, your whole body with heavy weight compound exercises every day. Um, and, and for women, it's the same approach, although the rep range I recommend is a little bit higher, eight to 10 reps. And really the reason for this is because in my experience working with many women, um, they're just very, very intimidated by uh, the four to six rep range. Um, I mean, most women that I talk with are, are fairly intimidated by the eight to 10 rep range because it feels very heavy for them. Uh, you know, when, when they're used to doing maybe 20 reps of something and they're ending not even at failure, but just at a point where you know, they're fatigued and they're like, okay, I'll end the set now. So to go from that style of training to like squatting in the eight to 10 rep range, meaning that you're using weight that you can get at least eight, but no more than 10. If you can get more than 10, you're raising the weight. When you go that, that transition, I mean, uh, most girls are, are they're very sore and they're like, wow, this is, uh, this feels really heavy. So um, to go from that 20 rep style, which is the standard what most women are told to do, to go from that to four to six, in my, in my experience, um, 
is 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 just overwhelming for a lot of for a lot of girls. So um, that's why I recommend the the eight to ten rep range for girls, and they and they can they do very well in that rep range. They're not as concerned with maximizing strength and muscle growth as guys are. Um, and you know, even for some for some girls that want to lift heavy, what we do is uh, we work some four to six rep uh, lifting into the into their eight to ten rep. So um, usually, what I'll do is I'll have them hit the the big compounds in the four to six rep range. I'll have them hit um, their squats, their deadlifts, their bench press, their military press. These these types of exercises will be like very heavy weight, four to six reps. And then the rest of their workout, that'll be about three to six sets of really heavy, and then three to six sets of the eight to ten, which is still heavy. It's just not as heavy. Um, so, uh, yeah, I mean that that's that's really what I recommend in the beginning. And it takes to before you really like even know what your weak points are. I would say that you have to really pound your body with heavy weightlifting compound lifts probably for a year or so before you really even know what your weak points are. Um, yes, chests just tend to grow slowly. It's annoying. It's just the way it is. Um, in my experience, uh, I would say that it probably takes to go from just a normal type of physique um, to have you know a big chest, like a chest that would be comparable to uh, you know, a, a fitness model or a lot of these guys on the internet whose images get shared around and stuff. It takes a few years, probably three years. Um, I'd say at the end of the year one, you should have clearly have a chest that should really have filled in. Uh, but it takes it takes a couple years to to get that real big kind of like armor plate looking chest. And uh, you just have to keep on hitting it hard and hitting it heavy, and you know, doing a lot of incline presses because what you don't want to have that chest. When I first started lifting, I made the mistake of doing a bunch of flat, uh, usually on the Smith machine too, which is extra fail, uh, a bunch of flat pressing and a bunch of decline pressing. And what I ended up with is a very bottom heavy chest where I had very little upper chest and had this big bottom chest. It just looked, now that I look back on it, it just looked bad. Um, so to fix that, it took probably a year of Every workout, every every week, my chest workout would start with um, six sets of incline heavy. So I would usually start with either incline dumbbell press or incline bench press, and and then I'd move up to the to the to the other uh, for the for the next three sets. Uh, so it'd be like three sets incline dumbbell and three sets incline bench, or vice versa. And then I'd move on to some flat, and I'd completely stop doing decline altogether. And um, then after, yeah, it took about a year and my upper chest finally came into a point where it was proportionate with my lower. Um, although it's not, it's still, I still need some work and I'm still working on it. But um, don't make that mistake. Uh, hit your inclines heavy and hit them uh, early and you're going to be happy uh, that you did when, after a year or two and you really start to have a chest. It's going to be a well-rounded chest. Um, so... If you're at that point, though, where you have built a good foundation of muscle and strength, you've been lifting, you've been hitting your compounds, you've been lifting heavy, and you really do have weak points that you need to target, what I recommend is um, training them twice a week, of course. I mean, that's like standard. And um, <clears throat> you can work, like in terms of working in your schedule, um, I like to, I live five days a week. Uh, I do one major muscle group per day. And so what I would do is like, for instance, I'm going to start training my shoulders twice a week because they need it. Um, so what I'll do is I'm going to be working in 
probably three to four sets of shoulders. I have my shoulders day, which right now is Wednesday. Um, I'm doing a little bit more now on shoulders day. I'm doing 12 sets uh, on, on shoulders day. I've added in some front raises um, just because I, I just need more delts, period. Um, so <clears throat> uh, I'm doing that. And then I'm going to add in some more front raises and side raises, which are isolation exercises. And I'll be doing them, I'll probably, I do shoulders on Wednesday. I probably will be fine to do the extra sets on Friday, I think. Um, either that or I will do them maybe on Monday. I'm going to play around with it. But the basic, I mean, it's very simple. You just take whatever your weak point is. Um, you have your day that is, is training it directly. And then you're doing three to maybe six you don't want to overtrain that's the thing you know there are programs out there that have you doing high volume workouts twice a week like hitting a muscle group uh heavy and hard high volume twice a week as a natural i i, I don't that that's just a recipe for overtraining i mean i i couldn't even do that and i don't i mean i don't have amazing genetics but i have pretty good genetics for for lifting, um, I don't overtrain easily. I don't need a lot of sleep to recover. My body is just well conditioned, I guess, and I couldn't do that. So um, instead of doing that, what you do is one, you know, heavy, moderate volume, you know, bigger than a stronger style workout on on the whatever is the weak point, and then you give it a couple days rest, and then you start your workout uh, with three to four sets of hitting it again, um, depending on what it is. I mean, I would just stick with heavy weight. Although with shoulders, it can be a little bit tricky because sometimes it's just hard. I mean, the four to six rep range can be a real pain in the ass with shoulders, especially with like side raises. So you can raise that. What I do is I'll raise it to like six to eight reps and work in that range with the smaller muscles that are just, you know, it's hard to keep your form. Some people don't have a problem. Some people do. It's kind of strange. Um, but so uh, like, for instance, talking about chest, it's a commonly complained about body part, even from guys that have been lifting for a few years. So what we'll do is they have their chest day on Monday and then Thursday, which in my program is legs day, what they do is they start their, their workout, they warm up their chest and they do like three to four heavy sets of incline uh, bench press is normally what I have them do and um, just get in that extra work and then they go and train their legs after. So, you know, it adds 15 minutes to their workout or so. It's not a big deal. Um, so that's, that's really all it is in terms of training weak points. Um, calves are a common weak point. It's a weak point of mine. Uh, genetically, I have like zero calves. So I've had to work really hard just to have anything. Um, I'm training them right now. I'm actually training them four times a week, which I recently did with my abs, and I was pretty happy with it. Uh, I have an ab routine in, in my book, Bigger, Leaner, Stronger. That's a solid ab routine. Uh, it's a circuit that starts with um, some, some weighted cable crunches, and you move into captain's chair leg raises, which are awesome for lower abs and just great for your core. Um, and then you end with air bikes, air bicycles, which are also very good for uh, your obliques. They're good for your, um, like, it's called the transversitis abdominis. I think TVA, it's that line, those lines that come down the side. Um, so that's a good circuit and I, that I recommend that people do two times a week, and, you, you know, you're running through it several times in each workout. Um, but what I did recently is I was trying, I want to try something different that I heard about, which is just doing three to four, maybe five sets of weighted cable crunches. So you're just hitting your abs with just weighted uh, work uh, every day, um, at least four times a week. And that's what I did for several months. And I was actually pretty surprised with the amount of uh, development that I got out of my abs doing that. Because um, it just seems so brain dead, like, oh, go on, do cable crunched. Do the cable crunches, 
okay, next day, do the Cape Crunches like for months and months and months. But I was uh, pretty pretty shocked actually with because I wanted my abs to just come out more. I needed more development, and you've probably seen that before. Where some guys will be lean, but their abs are very small. They just look they look like a teenager. And some people have genetically they have very well developed abs, and they don't have to train them that much. Um, just doing stuff like heavy squats and deadlifts can be enough. But for some people, that's just not the case. They have to directly train their abs. And uh, I was one of those people. So, um, yeah, that, that's, what I was, that's what I was doing with abs. It worked nicely, so I'm doing it with calves now. And I'm, you know, we'll see how it goes. Um, from what I've read and what I've heard, it's really calves are just a matter of just beating them up over and over and over and over, um, and they grow. So we'll see how that goes. So that, that's one way you can, uh, you know, if you want to target your calves, you can start doing that right away. I just work them in uh, just like how I work in abs. I'll do a set of a major muscle group, um, you know, whether it's chest, whatever, do my chest set, go do my calves, rest, you know, whatever, 60 seconds or so, because my chest will already have rested in 60 seconds, and then just let my heart rate come down, go back to my chest, and just cycle through it. Um, so yeah, that's how you can also train your, your abs and calves more. Um, let's move on to the next point here, which is how to deal with cravings. Um, this is a I'm actually going to do a, a blog post on this because I want to do a bit of research. I've heard things that stuff, I've heard things like vitamin C can help with cravings. I'm not sure if that's true. I have to do some research. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised if there were some micronutritional things you can do to help with cravings. But uh, what I'm going to talk about now are some things that I know that help. Um, really, the, the major thing with uh, that I've found that helps with cravings, I mean, I don't get cravings that, 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 that often when I'm cutting. Um, so I guess I'm, maybe I'm a little bit lucky in that way, but I've uh, worked with a lot of people that do. And um, a major point is when you're dieting, when you're cutting, one, make sure that you're eating foods that you like. I know it sounds stupid, but it, it, it is necessary. A lot of people that, that come to me that have tried things in the past or, on, or of the mindset that dieting or to lose weight, cutting equals eating nothing but boiled uh chicken and steamed broccoli every day, every meal. And um, if they touched a, you know, if they had a, a little ice cream sandwich at night, like their diet's ruined or whatever. Or if they're, if they're eating a piece of bread at lunch, uh, then they won't lose weight. And um, that, that's, that's complete bullshit. And that, that style of dieting gives weight loss and gives dieting a bad name. Um, you know, I was just talking recently with a guy who I guess, I mean, I don't even know. He says he competes physique. He doesn't really look, I don't know, but whatever. He said, you know, oh, you know, he's going to be eating only orange roughy and asparagus for the next four weeks. And I asked him, and so the conversation started, I was like, why? Why, why are you doing that? Um, he said, oh, because I'm, you know, preparing for a show or whatever. And I was like, oh, okay, that's cool. But, but why? Like, why be so restrictive with your diet? It just makes it terrible. And um, this is on Facebook, and then I mean he didn't respond. And but that that style of dieting sucks. Like yeah, who wants to eat bland, crappy food every meal every day? Um, so what's much better is when you have uh, your macronutrient, your protein, carbs, and fats. You have your numbers. This is how much you can eat every day. Um, and if you're curious on, on how to calculate that, I mean, I talk about a lot about it in my book, Bigger, Leaner, Stronger, but for cutting, for instance, I recommend a very simple formula, 1.2 grams of protein per pound, uh, one gram of carbohydrate per pound, and um, 0.2 grams of fat per pound. 
And it works out to be about a roughly 40, 40, 40% of your uh, calories from protein, about 40% from carbs, and about 20% from fats, which is very standard. Um, so you have your numbers, and then what you do is, to meet those numbers, you eat foods that you like. Um, now, of course, you're limited. If you're like, oh, I like beer, I like chicken wings, and I like pizza. <laughs> okay, no, that doesn't work. But you can find foods that are, are, are not super calorie dense or are not completely imbalanced macronutritionally, meaning like pizza, for instance, yeah, it kicks ass, it's good. But in terms of nutrients, it sucks because it's like all carbs and fats and it's a shitload. So um, pizza would really just be reserved for a cheat meal. Uh, but to meet your numbers, what you should do is make a list of foods that you like to eat. And, and I really recommend eating the same foods every meal every day, it, especially initially. If you haven't dieted before, that is the best way to learn it because then you get to see this is all it takes. Hitting numbers every day is all it takes. And you don't want to mess it up by trying to introduce too much variety, not knowing really what's in your food. You go to a restaurant, you don't know how much oil or butter they're putting in your food. And if, if you try to do it that way, um, and then it doesn't work because you accidentally are overeating without realizing it, you can come to the conclusion, well, this, this style of dieting, dieting doesn't work, and then you're off into whatever kind of random things after that, HCG diet or something, right? Um, so what I recommend is that you be very specific on your meal plan. You have to account for every little thing, every tablespoon of oil, every pat of butter, whatever and it meets your numbers and you eat those foods every meal, every day, same thing. And then you see your body change and then you know, oh, okay, this is all it takes. And then to introduce variety, you would simply take one of your meals, let's say your breakfast has been, you know, some oatmeal, some eggs, whatever, and you're like, oh, I'd rather have, rather do, I'd rather do this for breakfast. No problem, you just take your numbers for breakfast, swap out foods that meet those numbers and there you go. Um, so that's uh, the first tip on cravings is don't, uh, be too restrictive on your diet. Make sure that you're eating foods. Like through, through my cut, I was eating stuff I liked every day. My post-workout shake is delicious. I love it every day. Um, it's bananas, rice milk. Uh, I put some PB2 in there, some protein powder. I put cinnamon. I put some uh, fiber. Um, it's delicious. I look forward to it every day. My lunch, uh, I eat some chicken, some vegetables. Um, but they're prepared in a way that's good. Like, I, you know, it tastes good to me. Uh, my, my afternoon snack would be like banana, almond butter, which is just delicious, uh, protein shake, some more PB2. Um, so I was eating things I liked every day. I actually looked forward to each meal. I never felt like, oh my God, I got to force down this orange ruffian asparagus for the 70th time uh, this month. Um, so that, that's the first tip with cravings. And the, the, uh, the and, oh, and I also should say, if you want to have a little uh, dessert or a little treat or indulgence or whatever, just work it in. Uh, I was eating, I, I dropped it uh, toward the end of my cut because I needed to cut my carbs and I just felt like cutting this thing out. But for half of my cut, I was eating a little uh, ice cream sandwich every night. Um, it was like a coconut ice cream, kind of a healthy version or whatever, but it tasted great and I enjoyed it. And it was like 100 calories, like no big deal. I just worked it into my meal plan and I got to have a little uh, something that, you know, a little dessert every day while cutting. Um, I also drink a lot of, I also like to drink a lot of tea. I like Tivana's tea. It's so good. Um, you gotta try this. It's like, uh, kiwi berry colada or something. It is the best shit ever. It's so good. I, I, uh, make it with some green tea and then I sweeten it with stevia and it actually tastes like dessert. It's just delicious. So I drink a bunch of tea after dinner and it tastes great. Stevia is like, you know, it's a zero calorie sweetener, has health benefits. So it's just zero calorie good tasting stuff with health benefits. 
Um, and then, so the, that's the first tip on dealing with cravings. The next tip is make sure to have your cheat meal or have your refeed, depending on what you're doing. Don't leave these out because there's the big part of it is the psychological benefit. I mean, it's, it feels good. You get to, you know, if you're going to go to a restaurant, don't go crazy, but don't, don't, uh, restrict yourself. Don't say like, Oh, I really want to get that appetizer, but it's, uh, I don't want to go over on calories or whatever. Don't worry about it. If you go over your daily, um, calories by 500 because of that meal, it won't do anything. It's not a problem. Um, so, Make sure that you have your weekly cheat meal or your weekly refeed, which if you're not familiar with what that is, it's where you are um, spiking your your carbohydrates up. Um, And the reason for doing it is mainly because it spikes a hormone called leptin, uh, which tells your body that it's full or tells your body that it has, that it's fed, that it can continue losing fat. I talk about it uh, in an article, which I'll, I'll link below. Um, so you can read more about the science of it. But anyways, refeeding is more important as you start to get leaner and leaner. I don't think it's very important if you're above 10% as a guy. You don't really have to worry about it. If you're above 20% as a girl, it doesn't really matter. You can just go have a cheat meal and you're fine. Um, it becomes more important as you get leaner because body fat uh, actually produces leptin. So as your fat levels get lower and lower, your leptin levels basically become chronically low. It affects your metabolism. Um, and anyways, there's some more information on it, which will be in the link below. Um, so that's another important thing on dealing with cravings is make sure that you're doing a cheat meal every week. Um, and because it helps, like if you're craving, uh, some pizza, good, that's your cheat meal go have some pizza. I would recommend not eating three pizzas, but you know, go have, uh, go have a thousand calories in pizza and just enjoy it. And then don't have any mental of like, oh, you're getting fatter now. No, it's not, it's not, that's not how it works. Uh, a pound of fat has about 3,500 calories in it. And uh, so you, even if you overate by 3,500 calories, that doesn't equal to a pound of fat storage because for your body to take that food, that 3,500 calories worth of food and turn it into fat, that costs energy in and of itself. For instance, uh, protein is just, it's very hard. It it costs a lot of energy for the body to turn protein into body fat. Um, It costs very little energy for your body to turn dietary fat into body fat. It costs a fair amount of energy for your body to turn carbohydrates into fat. So there's the energy cost of turning it into fat. There's also the fact that the body has other uses for the protein, carbs, and fats before it will store them as fat. It doesn't, it's not like... um, if your glycogen levels are low, for instance, in your liver and your muscles, when you eat carbohydrates, your body as a priority is going to fill those glycogen levels up and then it will store fat. It doesn't store fat to a certain point and then give some to the glycogen. It's the other way around. Um, it's the same story with protein and fats. There are physiological processes that your body uses these things for and when that's done, then it will store fat. Now, in terms of dietary fat, a lot of it actually is stored because that's one of its main things, but it does have some other uses on a cellular level, hormones and stuff. Um, so yeah, don't get hard on, don't get all weird about a cheat meal, just enjoy it. And um, I also, like I said, I will write a, an article on cravings, I just have to do a bit more research um, before I can really say if certain things in terms of uh, certain supplements or you know even certain vitamins and, and micronutrients can help. Um, and uh, it also is worth noting actually on the cravings, um, make sure that you're not in too much of a caloric deficit. That can really mess with you. Uh, it can mess with you, make you very hungry, which then leads to cravings, although cravings can be totally separate from hunger. Um, but in terms of a deficit, 
you want to, I don't recommend putting yourself into more than 20% deficit. What I mean by that is if your body's burning 2000 calories worth of energy every day, you don't want to be eating you, you a 20% deficit would be 1600 calories a day. You wouldn't want to drop below that because that, uh, yeah, it speeds up the weight loss, but it also just makes you miserable. If you take it too far and go for too long, you can damage your metabolism. Slow and steady is the name of the game with weight loss. All you want to see is one to two pounds of weight loss per week. Um, and you don't want to try to rush it because that can lead to crazy cravings. Um, and uh, I also off the top of my head, I just think of these things as I think back over a lot of the emails. Um, don't have a bunch of cheap foods around in the house. Like don't, if, if cookies are your thing, if chips are your thing, if whatever is your thing, popcorn, whatever, uh, throw it out. Just don't have it there. That in that that's a big part of it as well um uh you know some some people they they into a habit of eating they so it's kind of like smokers you know smokers associate smoking with certain things they go to a party they have to smoke they do this they have to smoke some people associate eating with certain things they're going to sit down and watch their favorite tv show they're going to eat something uh they're going to you know hang out with you know these friends or whatever they're going to eat something um, so if you can just not have the food there to eat, then that is a simple way to, to at least uh, prevent you from, from drastically overeating. I know it's not like the best in terms of how do you actually get rid of cravings, but you know, it is, it is part of it. Um, yeah, so okay, I guess that's, uh, I think it's one of the things, but I'm going to talk more about it in an article. Um, so that's, that's what, I'll, what I'll say for now on dealing, dealing with cravings. Um, and last but not least in this podcast, I just want to give a quick heads up on Legion. Uh, I know a lot of you are familiar with it. Um, it's my upcoming line of supplements, which I'm pretty excited about. Um, they're basically going to be the products that I've always wished that somebody would make and no one in, was, nobody was, so I'm just doing it myself. Um, and, and that means uh, no proprietary blends. I'm going to be completely transparent with my ingredients. All ingredients are going to be backed by, by peer-reviewed, published research that you can go verify yourself. Um, no, no bullshit ingredients that are just there to fill, uh, you know, fill the ingredients list to make you think you're getting a lot for your money, but which have no science behind them. Um, no misconstruing studies. I mean, some, some of these companies, they'll cite studies in some of their marketing and you go and look at the study, and it literally has nothing to do with the marketing claim. <laughs> They're just citing anything or, or something very uh, broad or vague, and then they're just extrapolating somehow this crazy claim out of it. So none of that, you'll be able to uh, see all the studies. They're all going to be directly relevant to that ingredient and, and with you know resistance-trained people, and it's going to be real science, not bullshit science. Um, they're going to be naturally sweetened. No artificial fillers uh, or, or other junk that gets added, which I'll be talking about on the website. Um, and yeah, so that's like kind of going to be the, the, the products, uh, what, the philosophy of, of the products. And, and also of the brand is I want to, I want to kind of like be the change that I want to see in the supplement industry. Um, you know, maybe it's a bit uh, ambitious to say that I want to try to reform it, but you know, whatever, that's my, my products. I want to create products that are going to be the standard by which other products are judged. And I want to, really what I want to do is I would love to force the other supplement companies to stop bullshitting. And even in the marketing, like the exaggerated, ridiculous marketing where you have these crazy massive drug beasts, you know, saying, oh, I'm taking the test draw cyclone max supplement. That's why I'm so big. Like, 
who believes that? Like, I think we all know that it's complete bullshit, but somehow they keep on doing it and they keep on selling products. So I also, uh, I want to be, I want to be totally different in my marketing. I want to focus on education in the marketing. I want to help people, uh, better understand what supplements are and aren't worth their money. Um, and I want them to be able to avoid a lot of these common scams that are out there. Even if you don't buy my products, I'll be happy if you walk away as a better educated consumer and you don't go waste your money on crap that is going to do absolutely nothing. Um, and where you're really just buying, you're giving them money, not for the, not the, they're going to take that money. They're going to put 10 cents of every dollar or less, five cents of every dollar back into the production, like manufacturing. They're going to put all the rest of the money into marketing to get more sales and profits to buy Lamborghinis and stuff. Um, so anyways, that's, that's kind of what I'm going to be doing with Legion. Um, going to be, you're going to be hearing more about it soon. The website's going to be going up, uh, and there'll be a lot of information on the website. Uh, I'd love to get your feedback, you know, once it's up and, um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm excited. I'd really like to, to kind of build a movement, not just sell stuff. So, uh, yeah, that, that's, uh, that's it for, for today's podcast. I think I ran a little bit left, 45 minutes again. Uh, all right, well, I'm going to try. I'm going to try. I'm going to put less stuff. I'll, I'll, I'll talk about three things in the next one. I'll try to keep it like 30 minutes. Um, once again, you know, uh, you can you know, comment. If you have any, any, any comments, suggestions, anything you'd like to hear about, let me know. Um, if, you know, if you could su- subscribe to, to my channel on YouTube, that'd be awesome. You, know, you can find me on Facebook, on Twitter. Um, I answer all messages. I really like to stay engaged with everybody. I really appreciate the support of, of you know, my, my people. Um, so, you know, you can write me anytime and I'm happy to help. Um, yeah, I hope you have a great 4th of July. It's 4th of July. Uh, enjoy the fireworks. Enjoy the food. Enjoy your cheat meal. Don't, don't, uh, go, don't be too hard on yourself. And, uh, yeah, have a great weekend, too. See you guys next time. Hey, it's Mike again. Hope you like the podcast. If you did, uh, go ahead and subscribe. I put out new episodes every week or two um, where I talk about all kinds of things related to health and fitness and general wellness. Also, head over to my website at www.muscleforlife.com where you'll find not only past episodes of the podcast, but you'll also find uh, a bunch of different articles that I've written. Um, I release a new one almost every day, actually. I release kind of like four to six new articles a week. Um, And you can also find my books and everything else that I'm involved in over at muscleforlife.com. All right. Thanks again. Bye.